RadioInfluence.com. Hey, gang, welcome into the A Place for My Head podcast. He is Brandon Thompson. As usual, my name is Jerry P. Tuck, and uh, got a fun guest today of sorts, somebody that uh, Brandon and I have known for quite a long time. We'll get to Jesse Cage here in a minute, but first, I uh, want to thank Kenzie Clispies again for coming on last week. Her story was uh, was something else, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was definitely moving. I think that's probably an understatement, but yeah. For sure. Yeah, I, I told you before we started rolling that I've had a few people reach out to me and say that that her story in particular, uh, you know, with with the whole assault thing and just the craziness of it, that uh, they actually related to it quite a bit. So uh, her opening up like that, I think, is going to help some people out there. And, and you know, I was dumbfounded she opened up as much as she did. So right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she's way much like she's a, an inspiration if anything because her attitude towards life and the way she approaches things and I mean, I hate saying that she's bubbly and all that kind of stuff, but she is. She like, is. She totally is. Just get good vibes. Right. Yeah. So to go through something as traumatic as that, as that, and just fucking strange and weird, um, you know, that's, that's really cool to, to turn that into a positive. So yeah, yeah no like doubt. And, and if you haven't heard last week's episode, definitely make it a point to go back and check it out because Kenzie's a rock star and um, we've messaged a time or two since then. And she's just, She's just awesome. So we wish her the best and thank her again for coming on. And this week, it's a guy that uh, some of you may know. It's a guy. It's a guy. It's a guy. Uh, Some of you guys may know from the Tampa Bay area or Atlanta. Um, Some of you may not, and this will be your introduction to him, but he's a guy that I respect a ton. And, uh, you know, I've known Jesse probably, what, about 13, 14 years at least. Yeah, man. I mean, it's got to be. We're all uh, a lot more bald, a lot more gray. Uh, (laughs) I can relate to the bald thing for sure. Uh, So if you're not familiar with him, his name is Jesse Cage. He's a longtime radio guy, like I said, here in the Tampa Bay area and in Atlanta. And uh, it's it's great to have you on, brother. Thanks, guys. I uh, really appreciate it. And I appreciate uh, what you guys are doing. And I know when you first started, uh, we threw some... Uh, tweets around and some texts around and uh, just kind of started laying some groundwork that uh, I love the fact that you guys are being so open and so real about something that so many people are, just clam up about and don't want to talk about because maybe it's not manly or, or for any list of reasons, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. It's funny because of all places, I, you know, I, I hadn't seen you in, in some time uh, mm-hmm. before all this uh, uh, coronavirus shit kind of hit the plague hard. Hit. hard. <laughs> yeah, that shit happened. But of all places to run into him, I, I, you know, uh, my daughter really likes uh, the owl, owl restaurant. That's what she calls it. <laughs> Thank God it's not Hooters to her and she doesn't quite catch on yet. Um, but yeah, running the him and his wife. And uh, wait, wait, right wait, wait, wait. What the hell is the owl restaurant? Hooters. Oh, Hooters, oh, oh, okay, okay. I thought, I thought, wait, I know. I thought you said, thank God it wasn't Hooters. And I was like, oh. No, no. Thank God she doesn't know that it's Hooters and she doesn't get the concept. She anybody, thinks it's a fucking owl. Well, uh, anybody who knows me goes, oh, yeah, shit, Hooters. Of course, that's where Cage was. Of course. <laughs> so, Brandon, what hey. you're saying is you guys are frequent flyers at the Hoot. Hey, straight. Damn straight. I mean, yes, yes. It's but, we're doing the 
the tax gimmick that night. My uh, my my tax guy is uh, a pirate. He is a pirate, and uh, <laughs> he's amazing. And one of his favorite places is Hooters. So there we go. Do our taxes at Hooters. <laughs> yeah, it was destined. It was destined to happen. I'm like, I I, I I didn't hear anything, but I only saw his paperwork. And then I'm looking at Courtney. And I actually had to take a call outside and, and I didn't want to interrupt you guys because I saw the paperwork and I figured it out. Like, I, I was like, I think that might have been their CPA. I'm, I'm, I'm not really sure. But I'm just, I'm going to drink this drink. I was, I was drinking Red Bull and vodka, man. Like, uh, like things are getting uh, like seriously tight for me at that point with, yep. uh, with the opening of my, my business and whatnot. But nonetheless, we did run into each other at Hooters and, uh, uh, figured out that you were back here in, in the Tampa area and uh, we were going to, you know, obviously want to get beers and all that kind of stuff. Hey, maybe we'll go to hers and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, talk it up and whatnot. And, and then we went back and forth a little bit about the podcast and opening up and here we are, here we are. Well, I, again, I appreciate you guys having me on and uh, Brandon, you and I had talked a little bit earlier about, some openness and and, and how yeah. it, it takes time for people to and again not to be cliche but to realize it's okay to not be okay and then it's also okay to express that and to let people around you know that it's okay and for me and doing radio for 24 something years uh it's the ups and downs of that business and when you're riding really high it's easy to push and quiet the demons because well, you know, I'm Jesse Cage. I'm number one. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And you don't let those things start to creep in. But how fragile so many of us are, not just in the radio, but in the entertainment business in general. Uh, when you lose your microphone, whether that be for a day, a week, a month, a year, whatever the case may be, it's really easy for that insecurity and the anxiety of am I good enough? The depression of why don't I have a job anymore? Um, and and really this time after all these years, the last year and a half or two years, um, I've finally been able to embrace that shit. I've been able to embrace <laughs> that, that, those demons and go, you know what? Um, you know, I'm not always okay. You know, I don't, you know, people will look at you know, my Facebook and it's like, Oh, you know, him and his wife are always happy and they're always doing these things. And Oh, look, he's at another concert or he's, you know, front row at, at WrestleMania or, or one of these things, everything is great. And then realize that, well, we all still have to come home at night and we still have our struggles with our spouse, you know, living together, being quarantined together. For yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. You know, you start kind of getting each other's throats and, 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 and to start putting out into the world that man, it's not all just, roses man it, it's not it's not I, we, we we mentioned that a lot on the show man it's like if if someone and and, I, and I'll, I'll use kinsey uh, from last week you know beautiful beautiful girl uh she's you know uh, almost a pro beach volleyball player is one um i'm kind of ignorant and green in that area when it comes to that sport so i don't want to misspeak but uh you know appearance is everything right so you look at her and you think bubbly, I'm, I'm athletic, I work out, I, you know, I eat right, I'm this and that, nah, 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 nah. Little did we know, she had this crazy story, right? So we all kind of, and, and Jerry talks about it all the time, he likes to crack jokes to keep the pressure off of him, to keep the, and I've always been, I've always been um, scared to death of limelight, 
like I was like, man, I would be the worst fucking famous person ever. Worst because I can't stand that type, that type of attention. I mean, back in the day, uh, not only was I scared of mirrors, but I was scared of any camera. Don't take photos of me. Don't videotape me and get a fucking microphone away from my face. Yep. So like, you know, just, but, but people look at us, you know, and like we were saying, you know, tattoos and all that, all the, you know, Everybody assumes I, I, you know, I do drugs and I smoke weed. You know, oh, you don't? No, I do not. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 I smoke weed and it's not a drug. So stop it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he just went there. He just went there. He's <laughs> not wrong. I'm just. Saying. I know he's not wrong. He's not wrong. It's a fucking pill. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, it's like it, everybody just thinks that we get this, or I'm not. I can't even really lump myself into that category. But you know, with famous people and whatnot, and. They just think that they gave uh, this, you know, green card in the middle that says you're going to be all right for the rest of your life, no matter what. But everybody's fucking human, man. We all, the brain is, an, is, is a complex thing. And that's like, no, not even the best way to describe it. It, it can fuck with you. And like when, when, when we're in times like this and we're quarantined and we're bickering with our other half sometimes, or we just need to get out. Like, like I have an ongoing joke right now with memes and stuff and my friends and texts and stuff. I do fake poops just to, just to get a break. <laughs> right. I do fake poops. And then I have to let, I have to let the wife know that, that hey, sometimes it's a fake poop, but I need it. <laughs> yeah. So, like, and I break away just to get away for a second. That's exactly <laughs> so, Yeah. Well, and that's the, you know, going back to the, the, the celebrity or the fame or whatever, you know, radio gave me, and again, the local celebrity status or whatever, I'm not a fucking superstar, I'm just a guy who was lucky enough to have a microphone, but I did enjoy some success with that, and I craved that success, I craved being in front of a crowd, I craved, uh, and still do, uh, I craved the limelight, it's all I've ever wanted, you know, growing up, and one of the reasons was, was because if I threw myself into those things, and I was just the Jesse Cage persona and I was out in front of people, then I didn't necessarily have time to deal with my own self. Does that make sense? I would say, uh, Brandon, does that sound familiar? <laughs> just a little. Yeah. Just Preach little. to the choir, brother. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I just, I needed it. And, you know, coming to terms in the last eight months when I lost my gig in Atlanta and we don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but things happened and, uh, they went in a different direction, but you know, not knowing if, if that was going to be the last time that I was going to have that platform, um, you know, not knowing if I was going to do podcasts, I had a couple of those things in the works or, but I needed that microphone, that microphone. And I keep saying needed, but I still need it. I really do. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I, I need, uh, that outlet because, that gave me a way that I could deal with some of these things. A, yes, sometimes it was just pushing it away, which wasn't healthy. But other times it was actually embracing it fully and putting myself out there, but doing it with this nothing serious, right? It was always this humorous fucking twist. Uh, it was an escape, laugh. too. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. way to deal with that, but it was never really confronting it. And and I just, again, I... I recently in the last, you know, year or so, a couple of years, I've, I've learned to embrace it for what it is and, and be honest about it and not just laugh about it. Not just, you know, it's, it, you know, I'm a crier anyway. Right? Oh man, me too. I, I, you know, I'll, 
<laughs> Give me a, a, a random fucking Volvo commercial with the right spin, and I'm balling like a baby. It, it yeah, dude. <laughs> Volvo motions here, man. I, I can explode it any minute. Any minute. Yes, I can so relate it. to that shit. A hundred percent. And, and <laughs> the funny thing is, is, is and credit to my father who, you know, who had passed away a couple years ago now, but credit to him who le- let me know it was okay. Like, I feel like he was setting me up to know that, yes, it is, a, it, it is okay. We're all broken. Uh, it's okay to be emotional. He was a big hugger. Um, so I kind of, you know, there's two sides of that, that blade, right? You know, where, yes, I wanted to embrace that because that's what my father was instilling into me. But then when you become, I'm not going to say a shock jock because I think that's stupid. Uh, when you, you know, when you're an edgy radio guy, <laughs> you know, or whatever, yeah. uh, you, you know, you still have to put on somewhat of a persona. So it was really that fine line between crying on the air and then, you know, <laughs> like, bitch, you got a problem with me, come down to the studio. You know, it's like that, that. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've said that a million times and I'm sure our listeners are getting sick of hearing about it. But, you know, I always say, you know, it's the whole perception versus reality thing. You know, it's it's almost literally like a double life where, you know, on the air, you're, you know, this outgoing, larger than life personality. But when you go home at night, you're still you. Yeah. And every time you go out, people expect that guy they hear on the air or that guy they met at, you know, a, a car lot somewhere or you know that that big personality and you know i'm kind of socially awkward anyways so you know i'm one of those people that you know if i don't know you i'm not going to go out of my way to speak to you that's just how i am it's nothing personal same yeah everybody thinks i'm an asshole oh exactly (laughs) like he's such a dick and i'm like i haven't even said anything to you well, you're just not approachable. That automatically makes me a dick. I just don't want to talk to other people. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely. And, and like I said, you know, no, I, and I openly admit I'm socially awkward. I, I'm not, I, I don't know. I'm just wired differently. But, you know, everybody expects that big personality, but yeah. I, I'm the exact opposite. I'm quiet. I'm almost introverted. Well, I would get so in my own head about it where, you know, I wanted to be, and again, this was, and, and this part of the reason I think my show was successful and the brand, the Cage Cold brand was successful is because, as you both know, I'm a pretty outgoing guy. I'm definitely not a shy guy. Right. And, and, and you know, I would do everything to be in front of everybody and talk to everybody. So every gig, talking to everybody. If I was at a concert and I was recognized, you know, much to the chagrin of the group of people I was with sometimes, I would be that guy. I would stay and I would talk to that group of people for an extended period of time. And then still, when I left, wonder if I gave them enough, if mm-hmm. I gave them enough of my time, because I wanted, I wanted them to know how appreciative I was to give me a platform, right? And I'm not saying you guys didn't appreciate people who wanted to be with you or give you your time. I just would get in my own head so much where I wouldn't break away. Right. And yeah. I, you know, I, I, I and again, that, that goes with insecurity, right? I mean, that's. Absolutely, you know, dude. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, I've, I've, I've talked before that, you know, when those lines blur, you lose yourself. Yeah. You know, I think you just, I think you just said two song titles in one time. (laughs) 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 If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, (laughs) I'm pretty sure you just did. (laughs) Uh, Leave it to Brandon. That's funny. (laughs) I'm just listening. (laughs) But but I mean, seriously though, it's, it's easy to lose yourself when those lines blur and yeah. you know, that's, I, and I, I 
think that's kind of where you're going with it, you know, is, you know, the difficulties of, you know, one of my wife's favorite stories, we've got a running joke that whether it's because of, you know, my music back in the day or the almost 20 years I spent in radio, I can't go anywhere that I won't know somebody. Yep. And my wife's favorite story about this, we were out running errands one day and she had to run into, run into a shoe store, a, a women's shoe store. And we walked in and from across the shoe store, somebody hollers my name. Huh. And it was the girl working because I went to high school with her. Yep. And she looks at me and goes, are you fucking kidding me? It's a women's shoe store. Seriously? <laughs> and I, we just cracked up laughing and we laugh about it. But, you know, it, it's not a case of being famous or it's not a case of being a celebrity. We've just been blessed to have high profile jobs. Sure. You know, yeah. and at the end of the day, that's all it is. We're in, in the big scheme of things. We weren't important, but we were important to the people that listened to us. Right. You know, and, and that was in, in, in th- that's a huge responsibility. And that's something else that that's where that added pressure came from, because when you've done it for long enough and you do have the trust of your audience and you start getting these emails from people telling you their deepest, darkest secrets and, you know, uh, I just recently had somebody reach out to me who was a fan of the show who, after I had posted something about my anxiety spiking the other day uh, on Twitter, I got a, a, you know, a private message from a person who uh, basically kind of laid out that they're going through a similar thing and that they've actually gone back to cutting and doing some other stuff. Mm. And so it was, it was one of those, it isn't, it, we are very important to these people because they are reaching out to us with these deep, dark secrets. And we have a responsibility to help guide them. Now we're not doctors and we're not, you know, uh, studied psychologists or psychiatrists. So sometimes that's just knowing if somebody's going through something to get them to the right person. Right. Um, but sometimes it's just, they need somebody to vent to. They just need somebody. Yeah. To, you know, cage rage was so successful because you literally just got to call and fucking vent anything that was pissing you off. And, yeah. and it was therapy for some people. So, you know, that's the thing. I mean, we, we were very important and, and still are important to those people whose lives we touch. Cause you gotta think about, you know, Pizza, we, we've done this for so long that we had people who were listening to us when they were in middle school. Yeah. I have fucking kids. Yeah, absolutely. Kids, kids. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it, it's insane. The amount of time that has gone by. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, again, that daunting task, not to, you know, heavy crown because we're on the radio, but we always tried to be all things to all people. Like you were saying. Right. And yeah. That, and, and you know, it doesn't be time for yourself sometimes. Oh, uh, exactly. Exactly. You, you know, neglect yourself. right. And you know, that hour a day that they spend with you listening, you know, while they're in their car driving home, that's yep. their escape. Correct. I mean, for real, like if I, if I can go back to crying, cause that, that's fun. Um, do like, I need to play a Volvo commercial? <laughs> you, can start, you can start uh, serenading and, and singing song titles to me. I'm yeah, saying, see, see with, with me, it's the Publix commercials. You, it's Volvo. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck man, Publix, I, by I the have, way. I'm just saying. I, I have cried on something, man. <laughs> Some kind of commercial that's happened. But no, literally, like, I can relate to, um, you know, kind of like uh, you you always having the mic, you know, and you missed the mic, and that was like your outlet and stuff like that. When I, when I was touring, when I was touring managing bands, man, Oh God, I'll never forget my first tour in America. We had a day off in like, I think it was like somewhere in Kansas. 
and I was getting mentally beat the fuck up by, by our manager and everything else. And I remember calling my girlfriend at the time and guess what? Crying my eyes. I was like, what the fuck did I get myself into? I can't, there's no way I can do this because everybody thinks like, like we were saying before that it's like the tour life is just a bunch of partying. And, and I mean, and it is, I mean, in the shows and all that stuff, it's a, it's a lot of fun, but it's like the, it's like the best job in the world, the worst job in the world, because there's so much negativity involved and so much, so much mental abuse for me that it, it just, it, it totally wrecked my life. Like when I was off the road and I was home, I'm like, shit, I want to be on the road. And I was depressed. And when I got on the road, I missed everybody. And I was, I was depressed again. So I could never find a, a happy medium to get myself out of that depressive state. And, you know, uh, and I've said it before, like I, I'd have a really, really emotional nights and fights with the manager and, you know, we'd all be drinking and shit like that. So to make sure that I remember how pissed off I was, I would take notes to my, to the top of my bunk so I could fucking face them and be like, yo, this shit isn't cool. But then I'd just be a pussy and crumble it up and throw it away. So like, I mean, but uh, now the, what I took for granted, I guess, for the years that I was doing it and the cool opportunities and the places I've been all over the world, when I, it's hard for me to go to a show nowadays because, I mean, it's just, I got it all out of my system, basically. But there are still shows I want to go see. And, you know, I, I lived on a bus, you know, for I don't know how many, how long, you know. We were gone six months out of the year, shit like that. And, you know, you see your friends come through town on tour and, you know, I start to miss it because you take it all for granted when you're on tour and all the perks that you have while you're on tour and all the shows you got to see and all the people you got to meet, all the experiences you got to have, all the parties that happen, all the unique situations, all the belly laughs and all that shit. So I sit there and, you know, when I'm at a show and I'm not on that tour, but I'm watching the show and I see a friend or whatever, you know, I, yeah, you know, I get that feeling of, I miss the, I, I have a miss, I miss the mic moment kind of thing. Yeah. I, you know mean, what I mean, it's easy to miss the noise. It's all noise, yeah. you know, and again, it, it's, it's perfect. It's a perfect blanket of fuckery because you're, <laughs> you're, you, you get so wrapped up in it and you're comfortable and I'll throw air quotes on that. Uh, because when you are so involved and you're so wrapped up in something and you're so passionate about something, you don't have time to feel all the time. Right now, you know, going to a show or going, you know, I was at, uh, I, I'd gone in to see my buddy Zito over at the Stark and, you know, just walking in there and especially a studio that I've worked in multiple times. Thanks, Beasley. Um, and, and, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but, but then something as simple as sitting in front of that microphone is yes, taken for granted when you do it every day. And then when you walk back into that show, to that venue, to that studio, and you're like, shit, I wish I would have taken more time. I wish I would have, Mm-hmm. I would have enjoyed my time more when, when I was on stage at 98 Rockfest or when I brought fucking Metallica on stage at the Ice Palace. Like, I wish I took, I wish I took more time to, yeah. to, to, to gauge that um, and, and really revel in the moment, right? It's funny you say that because uh, last year when, when our buddy Steve Dumig passed away, um, you know, I, I helped his wife out with a bunch of stuff in, in terms of the memorial service and things like that. Cause you know, anybody that knows me or, or knew Steve knew how tight he and I were. Yeah. Um, and we were putting together just a, a slideshow 
uh, of pictures to run in the background while stuff was going on. And she goes, you mean to tell me you don't have any pictures of you two together? <laughs> yeah. And I, I kind of sat there. I went, we work from 97 to 2012. So 15 years. Yeah. Every afternoon and after uh, four hours, every afternoon and in, in afternoon drive. And, you know, and I'm like, no, that's not that's not how we were. And looking back, it's like, shit, why did that happen? Mm. You know, it, it, yeah. It, 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 yeah, you know, it, again, like you said, it, it, we're in the, the heat of the battle. No, yeah. you know, for lack of a better term, you know, we don't think about things like that. You know, you don't slow down to look at the stuff going on around you. You know, you don't the the cool people that you get to meet because of what you do or the cool experiences. You know, I've yeah. been I've been blessed to work a Super Bowl. I've been blessed to work World Series games and and you know Stanley Cup Finals. And I don't have pictures of any of it. Mm-hmm. No, I, just, I don't have pictures of so much shit. Like there's this one point, man. I almost threw up on stage in Spain in front of eighty five thousand people. The band <laughs> fucking. The, I, I was running the lead singers in ears for the very first time. I'm like, bro, seriously, eight, five, eight, eight, five, eight, five thousand people. Guitars, rhythm guitars is over there in the corner throwing up already. And we haven't even walked on stage. I'm like, dude, what? So he's like, you're going to be fine. And then they dropped with an 808 right out, right out of the gate. And it fucking went from my toes to my fingertips to my head. And I went, whoa. And then I, I, but I held it in. That's one thing I, rem- I, I do remember and I'll cherish forever, but that's because you can't not remember something like that. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's funny, man. I mean, just, I've, I've, I've started to, and again, this revelation of, of my mental health the last couple of years, um, I've started to make myself slow down. Right. Um, it, even as simply as my wife and I, you know, who Crystal has kept me sane through all this. I adore her, um, by the way. She's a sweetheart. And she's got a great ass. Well, <laughs> I, I, you know, I plead the fifth on that. <laughs> um, we were walking the other day. We were like by Crescent Lake and we're walking. And, you know, this is going to sound ridiculous for like the, 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 the bald headed tattoo guy, but this this blue jay just lands on a tree. I love where this is going. I just I love stopped. It. I just I stopped and it was like the world just stopped around me and I'm like, babe, do you see that? She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, right there. Do you see it? I don't know. What you're, the blue jay, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and I and she's like, yeah, it, it, it's pretty. And I'm like, no, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> But as fucked up as like, you know, and silly as that is, right? Like taking that time and taking that stock, the last couple of vacations that we were able to go on before I lost my gig, we just had gone to the beach and we're sitting on the beach and I, I forced myself for the very reason of not wanting to forget the, you know, those moments. I forced myself to, and it was really tough, beer in hand, looking at the ocean, but just wait, watch the sun go down. And I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't, I just really focused on it. And that has been one of those things. That's one of my little get bys at this point where if I'm having that really bad day, I'll just stop and focus on the smallest. I don't want to say serene necessarily, but I guess, you know, I'll just, I'll, yeah. you know, whatever's happening in that moment. Or if I was, I was at a striper concert a couple of months ago and I just remember sitting there going, I've gone to so many fucking shows like you, Brandon. We do so many fucking shows. 
that it's all a blur. They all just kind of run together. Even yeah, stuff yep. like just kind of all runs together. It's thousands of shows. Yep. But I forced myself to just stop and not talk to my buddies around me, not talk to my wife for a second for like an entire song. And I just took it in. Yep. Uh, and I don't, I don't mean to ramble about this, but you know, it, it's, I think it, it's just, it's helpful. And it's something that I've been able to help some of my other friends that have dealt with anxiety with is taking well, that moment. Really yeah. take, take a true moment for yourself and take whatever's happening. Take it in. I don't care if you're making fucking meat sauce, man. Make the best yeah. sauce ever. And like really focus on that and be like, man, this is, this is beautiful. Look at that plate <laughs> of food I just made. Don't it's fucking Instagram some... it, but just look at it. <laughs> What's wrong with Instagramming it? It's that all beautiful. Right, all right. Do it. Instagram a Hooters wings. I'm into that. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Instagram Hooters <laughs> Girls, I'm into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's now that so I'm being cussed by time. our female listeners, by the way, you were saying? Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny how, how long we've known each other, but we all, you know, and, and from back in the day, how we were and how we are now, it's just it, and how time has just changed. And, and how, how, you know, I don't want to say we're different people, but we're definitely wiser. And, you know, what you're talking about is a form of meditation. It, you know, uh, it's funny as hell because I'm in a group chat with, um, since you brought up food, but I'm in a group chat with the, the guys I used to tour with. And mainly we just send memes all friggin' day because we're all bored as shit and it's hilarious and we can find some pretty good ones out there. But lately, <laughs> we've been finding things that are low in carbs. And <laughs> I, I found some tortilla wraps that are like two or four grams of carbs. And so I'm sending that one in and my buddy in, in Colorado is sending me one that he found. And then I got a buddy in California sending me one that he found. I'm like, this is our life right now. This is our life. We found low carb tortilla wraps. And I'm talking to you. <laughs> Look, it, you know, it, it's so cliche. It's so cliche, but it's true. Life is all about the little things. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. You, you could go see the greatest concert ever, but you're going to remember the text conversation you had going back and forth about these damn, you know, tortillas or whatever. Yeah. That's what you're going to remember. Hey, we're just looking out for each other, you know, our girls' figures and stuff. All right. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta watch send, out. Send me all the extra carved up ones. I'm still in the, you know, <laughs> I'm just carb loading. All right. I, I was gonna say I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. So if you guys need any, I'd be more than happy to share some of mine. I'm just saying. But you know, oh, one one thing you kind of hit on, and you know, I know I've I've struggled with it too, and I'm pretty open, you know, with everything when it comes to me. You know, one one of my biggest struggles is the whole self esteem, self worth you know, that kind of stuff. And ever since, you know, I guess it's been over five years now that I've been out of radio, you know, I've always second guessed myself and it's always, you know, I always thought I was damn good at what I did, but maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. And that's the shit that gets you down a path, man. And you got to get out of your head. That's, that's (laughs) dude. I I mean, I I, I literally, I I literally have that conversation with myself every single day. Day. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that, that it's valid because our our entire careers were based on a weekly rating. It, it was this, especially when you know when the the, the meters came out, to where you could see exact weekly stuff. Like, oh, Wednesday was down a little bit. Well, did I suck on Wednesday, or did you know did somebody go to the doctor on Wednesday? You know what I mean? Like, there's right. all these different, you know. But we were we lived and worked in a business that. We were judged constantly. 
mm-hmm. cutthroat. Cut, yeah, and there was always somebody behind you who would do it for cheaper or whatever. And, yes, you know, yes. And, and so it was so easy to lose your value, to lose who you are because, well, quite frankly, the companies would treat us like that anyway. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, you're lucky to have a job. Well, am I? Exactly. That's you the know? mentality, right? Yeah, and, and so, of course, it, it, you know, and that goes for anybody in any entertainment, uh, any part of the entertainment industry, I would venture a guess. Uh, you know, you are as good as your last break, you're as good as your last movie, your last song, your last whatever. Um, and it's another reason that you can have a thousand people on fucking Twitter go, man, that was a great show. I loved everything you did. And then there's one guy who's like, you fucking suck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your fucking whole thing's ruined. You go yes. back to that one fucking guy mm-hmm. yeah. over and over again. And it's something I've been, you know, trying to... There's a couple people that I've been mentoring on uh, on Twitter and on, on Facebook, just who are in entertainment, who are newer to the kind of the, some of the limelight stuff, and they're starting to get a little bit of a following, and so they're getting some of that shit. Where you know, people are like, "Oh, I love you," and then there's this guy's like, "Fuck you, I hate you." I'm like, "Let mm-hmm. it go." You, you, and I know it's so much. I, I still do it, so it's I get it. It's hard to let those things go, but know that your value does not come from your boss. Your value does not come from a fuckwad on Twitter who doesn't even have a fucking job. Your value <laughs> does not come from, say, the guy who cut you off, who you took personal offense to. That, like, we got to let go of those little things because if not, it will just fucking eat us alive. Yep. And, then, and then those little demons just feed off it and they feed off it and they feed off it yeah. until you have those days when you can't fucking get out of bed because I am not worth anything. I am out of work. I've got three fucking new deals I'm working on. My wife's busting her fucking ovaries getting done around here and doing her thing. I'm useless. And so you sit there and you go, you start buying that shit and you lay in bed and you're in the fucking fetal position and you have that panic attack. Mm-hmm. You've got to fucking find your fucking blue jay. You've your got blue to, jay. You find your fucking blue jay. Find your hooters titties. Find whatever <laughs> And then, and then find people who you're fucking equally yoked with, who are going through that kind of shit. Find your Brandon. Find your fucking pizza. Find somebody that you can fucking talk to. I'm sorry. Now I'm just getting passionate, so the fucks are coming out. No, but, have at it, brother. Oh, get it, dude. I'm but good. you know that you know. But it's just we're all in this. You know, I'm not gonna say we're all in this together because it's the hashtag right now. But we are, man. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, it, 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 it's so easy. To let people like that fuck with you, man, because I, I, this is this is exactly why I created the place for my head, like the, the the website itself for blogging and people to come into my life and stuff and experience me. And then Jerry and I, of course, hooked up and decided to do the podcast, which which is ten times as, as successful as the website, but it's all relatable, you know. A place for my head. It's just it was a place for us to vent, a place for us to get all get it out basically uh get anything that we needed out of our fucking head out just get it out and uh, because there were times man and before i got help and stuff like that like i wasn't comfortable in my own skin and if if anybody has ever felt what that feels like you, you literally want to jump out of your i was gonna skin. say shit I, i'm still not so i'm okay with that go ahead yeah, it is it's one of the worst feelings on the planet and you, it's like you want to do it. You can't get away from it because it's your body. You yes. can't get away from it. It's your brain. You can't, you, you can't run from it. You can't tell it to stop. You can't, it's just, 
that feeling is so damn scary. It's so fucking scary. I'm, I'm thankful that I don't have those too much anymore, but um, I feel for the people that do. And those people, like if I, if, when we post this, the shows and stuff like that, or I post a blog or I put something up on online, there's always that one person that's like, this is fucking stupid. Like we like you're doing this for attention or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Or just, some key, key, you know, keyboard cowboy, just like you said, fucking mom's basement, just saying like, fuck you. And it's, I, I just, it's people, man. A lot of people are shitty sometimes, man. So yes. Well, because, I mean, again, and people are doing it and they're lashing out because they're fucking not happy with themselves. So this, yeah. is, this is, unfortunately, they found their Blue Jay and it sucks. <laughs> their Blue Jay mm-hmm. fucking sucks. Yeah. You know, that, you know, t- taking it to, I'm going to take something out on other people because I'm not happy. Exactly. You know? And if I'm not going to be happy, then nobody deserves to be happy. You know, I've been told so many times over the years by bosses and managers and higher ups you know, you wear your emotions on your sleeve too much. And I just kind of looked at him mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what? That's part of why people respect me is that I'm not constantly putting on a front and having people doubt me, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think that's something that's lost on a lot of people these days is, oh, yeah. you know, it, it, it's one thing to put on a poker face when you have to put on a poker face. I, I, I you've got to do that. But, you know, I would rather deal with someone that might be, I don't want to say emotional, but, you know, someone that, you know, you never have to wonder where they're coming from, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in my mind, you know, that's how you build trust, whether you're a manager that, you know, and, and you're trying to build trust with your staff or, you know, you're around new people and, you know, you're, you're trying to build relationships or, or network, you know, I'm not going to put on a front for somebody because they're uncomfortable because I express the way I feel. Right. Yeah. You know, and over the years, it's just pissed me off so much. And, you know, I got together with some friends back in December and, you know, I, these are, and, you know, Jesse, these are kind of people, you know, as well as some of the people we worked with in the past and, and things like that. And I just, I don't know why, but, you know, I just unloaded and they were like, we didn't know any of this stuff. And they're like, now we understand. And, you know, it's like, I, I and I've, I've kind of taken it personally because, you know, part of me, without getting too inside baseball here, because we don't need to bore the listeners with that kind of shit, but some of the stuff that you and I lived through, Jesse, you know, mm-hmm. in one of our prior lives, yep. you know, I've backhanded, you know, backwards kind of felt responsible. Even right. though I, it had nothing to do with me, and that you know, those decisions to blow up that radio station were way above my pay grade. Sure, but those people had the trust in me to come work with me where I was at. I right. had a hand in hiring a lot of those people. So when it failed, whether it was my fault, somebody else's fault, everybody's fault, whatever the the fault doesn't matter. You know, when when it ultimately fell apart, it fell on my shoulders, and I've lived with that. Right, and you know. The, the group of friends I was with, they're like, there's nothing you could have done. I'm like, that's not the point. Yeah. That's so, not the point. I, you know, I, I, I totally get it, but you know, I would rather be open and honest with people than always have people giving you the slant eye because you know, you're, you, they're not sure where you're coming from. Right. 
Does does, but, does any of that make any sense at all? Because I just rambled for like three minutes straight with. No, it does to me, man. I was talking about my media career and shit like that, and being a manager. Man, just my style is so much different than everybody. That's so dominant, man. Yeah. Like on tour, I would be told, you, you know, manager kind of music, you can't be everybody's fucking friends. And I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. Just because I I I, I coach up and I use positive reinforcement with people that I manage. And, you know, they, I build trust with them and we have a really good working relationship, a great rapport. And this tour is going great. You're telling me to be an asshole like you go fuck yourself. And I've had to deal with that forever just because I'm a different personality. And I mean, I I have a different way of approaching things and I don't like negative, anything negative in my life. I shut down if you come at me negative and if you want me to be negative, it's just not going to fucking happen. I'm not your guy. Yeah. So I, I get it, man. Just years and years and years of someone over your shoulder or, you know, whomever saying everybody's replaceable, blah, 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 blah. You know, and it's just beat up and beat up and beat up. And it's like, fuck that, man. Bye. Again, you can only take so much until you start buying into it, until you start believing it. And then, mm-hmm. again, that goes back to when you do start questioning yourself. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you no, know, I was always transparent with people I worked with. Um, I would hope you would both say that. I mean, I think we all had really good working relationships uh, when yeah. we together. Yeah, no doubt. Um, we, we always, you know, if there was a problem, we talked about it. If there were, you know, if it was good, we talked about it. It didn't matter, right? I mean, uh, but they, and again, a lot of industries, they, they love to turn that against you. They love it. They, they, they will take any of that, you know, heart in the sleeve shit, and they're going to rip that heart right off and throw it on the ground. And mm-hmm. Because they, yes, they control by power, and they have the power. Oh, but they'll they'll also pick it back off the ground and give it back to you when they need something. Oh, of course, and then build you right back up, and then exactly hey, you're yeah, you know you're you're one of our best guys. You're one of our best. You know, I've had how many managers? Oh, you're one of my best friends. Okay, cool, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll go out. One of your best friends. We'll I'll hang out with you and your family, and then something happens, and you fucking dig a knife in my back, which has happened more than once to all of them. I can relate to mm-hmm. that. Yeah, well, it's like fuck, guys. I mean. So that just makes you not want to open up. That makes you not want to, you know, uh, give as much of yourself. And that goes back to what I was saying before, where, you know, I came from a very loving family. And a, we were, my dad, my mom, huggers. We're fucking huggers. And this fucking COVID thing needs to go away because I need to fucking hug people. <laughs> um, but but there is that fine line in, in our industry of putting up the front or being a hugger. Putting up the front, putting, wearing my heart on my sleeve, or looking around and going, well, the only people getting ahead are the guys who fuck everybody over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's, that's not how I want to get there. Right. It's just, right. it's, but I, I, and, and I knew I was coming towards the end of my career. Um, at least the last phase of my career when I did one day I woke up and I looked at Crystal. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. No more mm-hmm. Mr. Nice guy. I'm going to fucking go in there. I'm going to do what I want to fucking do. Fuck everybody else. Uh, because the only people who are fucking succeeding right now in this business, to me, to my eye, to my perception, are the biggest fucking assholes around. So fuck it. Mm-hmm. I'm, go be a fucking asshole. And then Crystal looked at me, and she's like, well, since that's not you, uh, good luck. Yeah. Because again, I mean, I can, I can play the role. I can fucking have the look. I can do those things. But ultimately, I love. And, and what I finally realized is I had to fucking love myself. It wasn't just showing emotion to other people, uh, and that and, and that's good or bad emotion, by the way. That's anger as well. 
Um, I, I had to learn to love myself and, and I'm still learning to love myself. I was going to say, let's, 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 <laughs> let's indulge in this a little bit. That was your aha moment. We always talk about aha moments on this show that, that moment where it's like, okay, something's got to change or, you know, you're at a crossroad. You can either go left or right and you don't know which way to go. That was your aha moment. You figured out, okay, something's got to give. I'm going to start, you know, take the bull by the balls. I'm going to do things my way. Fuck everybody else. Blah, 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 blah. And then you came to the realization of, okay, this is in me. I've got to figure out what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. What was that first step you took? Uh, just being honest. Uh, I was so I was broken. I was just, uh, you know, when people say that they're fucking shattered inside and what does that look like and what does that mean? I, I was just done. I was, I was, uh, I, I, I was, it's every fucking emotion all at once. Right. And I had a panic attack and the first step was, uh, I heard my father's voice say, get up, get up. And you've got to have momentum. And I told myself that even a step backwards is momentum. If you walk backwards, you still are going in a direction. You still have momentum in a direction. If a car reverses, you can still go in that direction. So it was a a point where I said, even if I'm going backwards for a second, I'm going to be okay. I will ultimately keep moving. And then I'll go laterally for a second. Okay, still moving. Go forward and then take fucking 32 steps backwards because that's life. And then take 20 steps forward. Just always have momentum. So that first part of me, and I apologize for my dog. I'll say, what the hell is that? It's my my chihuahuas, my attack. Those are blue jays, bro. Those are blue jays. Don't lie. You got all kinds of blue jays in your house. I'll say, something possessed behind you or? (laughs) Just having, you know, just moving. That, That my first fucking step was moving. Just move. Just get up and, and, and move. And find a way, and 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 then just kind of learn, learn in the process, learn to love myself, learn to love my value, learn to know that I do have value, and and, and wash away all the shit where people said I didn't have value, and it, and it just you know it started to snowball. And again, I'm not there, and I don't think anybody's is there, but. I do have momentum in the right direction, whether that's backwards or forwards or laterally, it doesn't matter. I do have momentum. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's, that's great advice. I, I've never heard it quite put that way. Uh, you know, even moving backward, you've got momentum. That's, that's a, a great perspective that I've, I've never looked at like that. So yeah, no, you're, I, I, I think you're spot on. Yeah, I would agree. Just cause everybody thinks is going backwards is so negative. You know, no one wants to go backwards, but then there's that, you know, person that works said, well, you got to take uh, two, one step forward and two step back. And like, okay, whatever the fuck that means, because, you know, that doesn't make sense, but whatever. Um, but if you, if you, if you, if you treat it like you're learning or that momentum is going to get you, even if it's backwards, it's going to get you somewhere where you need to be and on the right path. I mean, I think that's valuable as hell, you know, for real. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, you know, I, I want to circle back because we kind of hit a little bit on the social media thing and, you know, the the pitfalls of it. And, and Brandon, I know 
you, you've got, you've been sitting on something that's been stewing and, and you know, what's, what's, what's on your mind, brother? <laughs> I, I, I hear it has something to do with Looney Tunes. Is that true? You son of a oh, bitch. I'm going there. I'm going oh, there. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. That door was there. It was cracked just a little bit, and my big ass just like kicked that bitch down. <laughs> I'm sure it said Acme, so we knew it was Looney Tunes. Oh, God. <laughs> the fucking, it was Wally Coyote or whatever the fuck. Damn it, man. Or Roadrunner. Uh, no, it's uh, it, it goes back to what Jesse was talking about uh, a little while ago. You know, like all it takes is that one dick on social to come in on on something that you post, uh, you know, or, or whatever. I mean, I'm, we're all trying to stay fucking sane around here. It's not like uh, you know, I don't want to get my ass kicked for taking a picture of my Uber Eats, saying I'm enjoying my night and shit like that. So I try to come up with. Uh, with little sayings here and there to keep people up. And uh, uh, when someone chimes in and is all like, you're insane, you're Looney Tunes. And I'm like, what the, what the uh, fuck? It just like wrecked my day, dude. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was grumpy as shit. Uh, I drank a lot of whiskey. And, I, you know, I just, nothing could break. Nothing could, it was, the day was just fucked. It was like, it, it's almost like an anxiety attack or something like that. Once you get in your head and you can't get certain things out of them, Yep. And you're just you're dwelling, and you're you're it recycles and recycles and goes over and over. It's so repetitive, and you just can't break out of it. It's just like let me drink a bunch of whiskey and go to sleep as soon as I fucking go to sleep. That way I can wake up and forget about all that shit. And well, even though even though like still creeps in, you know. It just keeps it goes back like we were saying before. It goes back to you can have a thousand people being like, "Oh, I love you. That was great," and then yeah, that one guy you just stick with it. So I just choose to. Now, when you get that one, hey, man, that's great. I just start drinking at that point. That way I get <laughs> it's a celebratory drink instead of a downer drink, right? There's always, there's always drinking no matter what the occasion. But yeah, just this, 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 this run on the whiskey. When the whiskey gets pulled out, it's for a reason, man. But it's like, for me, I take it so damn seriously. And I need to maybe not sometimes. But like this podcast, this show and like helping people that have mental health issues and stuff like that, you know, uh, it's, a, it's almost like my passion and my kindness and my caring, um, you know, just personality, I guess I could say, yeah. sometimes gets in the way. And when it gets in the way, I'm not going to say that, that that person, it's a, that person's fault or whatever, but they, they don't, they, they don't take in what I'm saying in the right way sometimes. And I, I, I always have great intentions of, of what I'm trying to get across and whatnot. And I'm not talking about like, uh, I, I, I hit this bitch. I did that for you real good. I mean, like, good intentions, good intentions. It just gets misconstrued, almost like a text message. And you're like, read that wrong. And then the next thing you know, you're going to fight. And I just take it really, really personal. And, and, and I, I, need to, I need to figure out a way not to do that anymore. But whatever. <laughs> Well, just uh, you've got my number. You call me, I'll give you some uh, some good affirmations, and uh, we can drink whiskey on the phone together. Let's do that. Because well, I was saying before, fine. <laughs> I'll be your blue jay in that situation, bro. I'm there for you. Damn it! You fucking ruined my joke. I was gonna say, screw Hooters. Let's go pack a cooler and go to Crescent <laughs> Lake, and we'll be good. Search for the fucking blue jays, bro. It'll be boom. I got it in. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I blue jay blocked you. <laughs> I still wow. got it in. 
I still got it in, damn it. <laughs> wow. I was going to say, you know, social, social media is such a double-edged sword because, you know, just with you know, what we're doing to the podcast, we've seen so much positivity. But on the whole, I, social media is such a cesspool of negativity. It, dude, it is. It, it's, uh, it, it's probably daily that I go through that you know what? I think I'm just going to get off Facebook. I think I'm just going to delete it. I'm just going to, it's gone. All the time. Then, it all the time. I, I'll do Instagram. I'll do the same thing or Twitter. I'm like, you know what? I just, I don't need this shit. Normally it's some, you know, bullshit political graph or something. I'm like, God, my friends are stupid. And I'm yeah. like, you know, I, and, and so then I'll just go and I, I want to get rid of it. And then you're like, well, you know, I really, I put time into it. Right. Especially in the entertainment side. It's like, well, I've got the cage cult page and I got all these different things. And so if I don't do this, then I, I can't do any of it, right? You know, you yeah. gotta have the personal pages to run the other shit. I'm just like, it's it's a nightmare. It's a constant struggle. Such a love hate relationship, man. Like, I, I like my Facebook is is primarily for I I, I I shit you not. The only reason why that thing's still there is so I can keep in touch with family and friends that are like you know not here. And that's a typical cliche thing to say about Facebook. But I I I've, I've like created a really good habit and it takes about 20 or 30 days to do so i don't look at it anymore like i don't sit there and thumb through it and scroll and just waste fucking brain cells and shit i don't do it i'll have people be like man you didn't see my post but i found oh, oh, i don't i don't look I don't look every fun anything that's on my facebook is probably tagged by my wife and i'm like <laughs> approve 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 <laughs> exit like i hate notifications bro if i see that little red thing i'm like Go away, go away, go away. Oh, I've turned my notifications completely off. I refuse to have things pop up on my phone like that. I'm not. I'm not kidding. I'm serious. Uh, yeah, I, I believe it, dude. Uh, my OCD kicks in, and if I see one thing, I've got to see it. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I'm a Facebook and Twitter guy. I'm not much on Instagram or what else is there? Snapchat or what? Yeah, I'm not into that shit. I'm one of the old guys on Facebook and Twitter. But yeah. you know, I've if you follow the right people. And use it for the right thing. And Jesse, you know what I mean by that? Because, you know, with the radio thing, doing research and, you know, when I was in sports radio, I would use Twitter to break stories all the time. Absolutely. You know, so I I, if you if you if you you look at my followers, a a lot of it is that kind of stuff. It's I I weed out the the bullshit. I mean, there's just no time for it. I told you I I mainly use it for family and friends, but, you know, family. Uh, How fucking dysfunctional is that? What am I doing myself? Oh, I think, you know, we, I think we touched on this before too, just the, the fact, and you just said it, Jerry, that it is a two edged sword because there is good stuff. There's bad stuff. Um, and then there's using it for, you know, the more that I've decided to really put a lot of my personal stuff out there and not just the personal stuff that we twist for, you know, haha radio shit, but putting stuff out there. I, you know, a couple days ago, I was talking about, you know, just missing my dad. My dad died uh, just over a year ago. And, you know, talk about a trigger. I mean, talk about something that, you know, you have a bad day and you used to be able to call your dad or, you know, whoever that person is to you. It doesn't have to be your dad necessarily, but somebody in your life who's passed away, that rock, that that lion, that person, uh, you know, you go to pick up the phone and they're not there. So I've used it now. And, you know, Jerry, I think you saw the picture I put up with my dad the other day. I think I think it was Twitter. I don't remember Twitter or Instagram. Yeah. But I just, I didn't do it for anybody else. I did it for me. I did it because I wanted to see his face and I wanted to see it on, I want other people to see it, right? I wanted people to know that 
it's okay. Again, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to struggle with things. It's okay to miss people. And it's okay to wear your heart on your sleeve. And I, I, you know, you don't want those things to be a downer all the time. You don't want to have the, you know, puppy stuck in a well fucking story every fucking time. Like every now and then you need to have that, those real moments of, you know, man, my dad died and, and I still am having a hard time coming to terms with it over a year later. And I'm sure it'll be years and years and I'll probably never come to terms with it. But I did somehow feel better after I posted that up. Maybe it's just so I could show the world how fucking awesome my father was. That's cool, man. To me, I can appreciate that for sure. You know, I just lost my, my Opa and he, I, I refer to him as my hero, man. And, uh, you know, I, I, I thank God that I, I was able to fly back to Oklahoma in time, um, to catch, you know, his final moments, uh, and it's, you know, to be there for it, uh, or wasn't there for it, but I, I got, I got there before it and we did a podcast about it, man. And, and I, I don't shy about that stuff. I'm proud as fuck of him. You know, he really was like my hero in my life and always had the right things to say. And, was always there and just so like intelligent and in, in philosophical ways, you know, like sure. he just explained the scariest shit to me, like death or something, you know, and uh, so many things resonated with me, with, with him. And, and there isn't a day that goes by that I don't think about him or what he would tell me in any given situation. He's yeah. probably the only, the only family member that is neutral it's what I mean, neutral, like neutral as in like, you're not going to get, you're not going to get me on, on a side or you're not going to get me all opinionated. I'm just going to talk to you. If I see something, I'll talk to you about it. That's about it. No, I never gotten to the minutiae and all the bullshit that surrounds us and family crap, which I have a lot of, but he was always that level at level ground. Um, you know, even tempered person that always had the right thing to say. So I get it, dude. I'm proud as fuck of him. And, and, I'm glad you did that for your dad. It's awesome. Oh man. I just, I'm just picturing the picture now. I just, everything you just said that, you know, yeah, that was my dad, man. He was that, yeah. dude. he was just, he was always level. He was always the reasonable dude. He, he mm-hmm. would figure it out. Whatever the big problem was, he would just figure it out. And I just, yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, it's hard having yeah. that void, you know? No, I get it, dude. It's just like, like when I would have my panic attacks before I got help, I, I'd left work. I just, I, I don't even know if I had a meeting or anything at, at this current job, like way back in 2013. I just fucking left because I was having a panic attack because I, I think I forgot to take my medication that morning or something like that. And I literally made a doctor's appointment that ended up being at an emergency appointment. So I had to pay double co- copay for it. And I, was, I got in there and he's like, what's going on? I said, tell me I'm okay. That was my OPA. Yeah. You know what I mean? And once he said I was okay, I'm like, oh, you sure? <laughs> and the guy's like, yep. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah. that was it. You know what I mean? So, well, so on the I, other I, hand, I yeah, you know, on the other hand, it also, you know, and Jesse, you know this from our, our time working together in sports radio, you know, I was always preaching relatability. You yeah. know, if, yep. if, you know, your followers or your listeners or, you know, whoever you're trying to reach can relate to you, that gives you a, a connection on a whole other level. Absolutely. And, you know, I've, I've shared this before when I got sick in 07 and almost died from the MRSA thing. You know, I was very open about stuff on, on social media to the point where I, I literally had family members saying, OK, look, we get it. We know. But what they didn't know were the two dozen people that were emailing me privately saying, OK, so it's a little different, but I'm kind of going through something similar. Yeah. 
And that's what those people didn't see, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and to this day, that was shit 13, 14 years ago. Some of these people I've never met in person, but we still talk almost on a daily basis. And again, you're right. Cause you made that personal connection. I did the same thing when I was on, when I was at Red 98 Rock, you know, my ex-wife at the time and I were driving that, trying to have a baby and you know, I just, we, it wasn't happening. And so I did all these, you know, weird gimmicks and, you know, I jizzed in a cup and I used air quotes and we papered up the entire studio and I threw my jizz at the wall and whatever baby or whatever name it landed on, that's the name of my dick because I was saying that my dick was not named. So that was the problem. So we're using all these jokes to get to the, to the point where it's okay. And this is hard as a guy. I was unable to get my wife pregnant. I've been unable and unsuccessful to get Crystal pregnant. So I think it falls on me. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, we haven't gone through all this as we started doing some of it, but then it just became a chore. And I'm like, well, fuck this. Cause oh, man. Oh. Um, but you know, it's crazy. The, the calls I still get or the well, messages now, not calls going on the air anymore, but the messages I get on Facebook to this day of guys who were going through the same exact thing. Some were able to get their, uh, significant other pregnant and others weren't. And they're like, just thank you for being honest. Thank you for, yes, it was a gag. Yes. We had fun with it on the air. Because fuck, if you don't laugh at some of this shit, you're you are just gonna cry. Well, that's so. kind of like the the my, one of my favorite movies is is the Howard Stern Private Parts movie. Anybody in radio Love needs to see that movie. Yes, but you know when he was joking about you know him and his wife, you know her having the miscarriage. Yep. You know, and, and for him it was okay. We either laugh about it or we cry. That's it. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. But I'm over right. here. I'm raising my hand over here. You can't see it. I know it, but uh, I went, Jesse, I went through something similar, man. It became a chore. I mean, I, I dude, it beats you up. It beats yeah. you the fuck up. It really does. I mean, thank God I have my little girl, but, uh, and it finally worked when we stopped trying, you know, <laughs> right, <laughs> when, right. it, when, it, when it wasn't a chore anymore, it happened. Yeah. Go figure. Well, uh, you know, we're not being safe about anything, so hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully the the eagle the eagle will land at some point. <laughs> <laughs> land eagle or blue jay? What are the other? <laughs> nice, well played, well played. <laughs> and on that note, I was going to say. <laughs> well, now think that about we it. now that look we know that the goalie it is. Look, babe, look how beautiful. <laughs> think about it. It's so relatable. I'll say now that we know that the goalie is pulled and the Blue Jays are flying, uh, we won't we won't keep you any longer, man. I, it's, it's been fun having you. Um, you know, I know you've got a lot of stuff in the works. I you can't really talk about much of it, but if people want to know where to track you down and where to find you and see what's going on, where can they do it? Yeah, best uh, thing to do get over to Twitter and it's just at Jesse Cage J E S S E K A G E. Uh, also on Instagram at Jesse Cage um, and Facebook, I've got the Cage Colt fan page, so you can jump over there. Just put Cage Colt, Cage, and Colts with a K because I'm cool like that. <laughs> cool, cool with a K. <laughs> well, look, brother, you know we love you. You know we're we're always here for you. And uh, you yep. know, once this uh, quarantine bullshit ends, uh, you know, some of that whiskey and maybe some tequila on top of it needs to be flowing together. So at Crescent, at Crescent Park, at, with at Crescent Lake Park, I cannot days. wait. <laughs> now, what would make it even even weirder if we did it in Dunedin, where the Blue Jays have spring training? Oh, nobody oh, else is going to get that. Oh, I'm going to hell for that. All right, we're going to wrap it up before I go any worse. 
All right, that's going to do it. Guys, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for downloading the show this week. I'm done with my lame jokes. And uh, Brandon and uh, Jesse are going to go Blue Jay hunting. So on that note. (laughs) Wow. On that note, guys, have fun. We'll see you next week. And until then, don't forget the hashtag. Get it out. This is an MJ Morning Show podcast quick fix on Radio Influence. Tell everyone the MJ Morning Show is back. Launched the MJ Morning Show podcast back in October. We started doing them every two weeks, and then we moved to doing new episodes every single week. So you could do us a huge favor and let everybody you know know that the MJ Morning Show is back. If you could spread the word on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, phone calls, email, I mean, wherever, just let everyone know that the MJ Morning Show is back and the best place to see all the episodes listed and to see all the platforms on which you can listen, download, subscribe. Go to MJMorningShow.com. The MJ Morning Show podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, MJMorningShow.com, and RadioInfluence.com. 